The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. You can interact with the show throughout the day. Just tweet at me, at Ben Bags on Twitter. Tonight, BYU faces 11th-ranked Washington Huskies in a matchup of top 20 teams. The last time BYU played in a game that featured a matchup of top 20 teams was 2015 when the Cougars ranked 19th at the time, traveled to the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles to face the 10th-ranked UCLA Bruins. BYU lost that game 24-23. The Cougars are hoping to see a different result today in Seattle, much like the last time the the Cougars traveled to Husky Husky Stadium and beat Washington 28-27. Both games, one-point games. As always, I'm joined by Mark Lyons. Mark, welcome in. Glad to be here with you. And let's start with, for the, hey, what's the weather like in Seattle? I'm guessing rain in the forecast? <laughs> rain in the forecast. You know, that that comes up every day in Seattle. The, they are thinking that it's going to be tomorrow. And uh, right now it's uh, partly cloudy. It's a perfect day. It's beautiful. It's about 71 degrees. And, uh, man, it's uh, uh, this is such a beautiful venue they've uh, remodeled and it's it used to be an older stadium but it has really steep uh, stands that uh, go over the top of the other stand so it's kind of like a balcony to it <laughs> oh, and the best part about that stadium is the way it's so steep and it comes in yeah. over it just keeps the sound inside the stadium so That's that place right. gets raucous and loud and i'm i'm guessing we'll hear part of that on the broadcast today Lake Washington out to the right, absolutely beautiful view. Man, uh, this is a cool place to come to see a football game. As my high school football coach would say every day, but today it might be true, it's a beautiful day for football, boys. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hey, Mark, how about we get right to it? Let's get to some headlines. These are your BYU football headlines. All right, Mark, we start with headline number one. Will the Cougar offense roar against the Husky defense? Now, to set this story up, Mark, what can the Cougar offense accomplish against the 17th-ranked Husky defense? And here's some numbers for you. The Husky defense, 17th in the nation in total defense, allowing only just over 300 yards per game. They are 11th in pass defense, allowing only 150 yards per game through the air. 64th in rush defense, so middle of the pack at 148 yards but fourth in scoring defense, only giving up 12.8 points per game. Well, those are pretty solid numbers, and uh, they are a really solid football team. They're very good on defense. They they, uh, really pride themselves on being able to do some unique things. Uh, They play a lot of man press on the wideouts, and they'll play zone underneath with their linebackers, and I think it's a unique situation uh, that teams don't get to play against a lot of times. The uh, second thing about it, if you happen to watch Utah play Washington, oh, man, that secondary just strikes people. They hit. They hit hard. Uh, Poor Britton Covey just was uh, pulling himself off the turf time and time again from just getting 
shellacked. And so um, I, I don't know if that kind of carries any weight coming against BYU's receivers, but uh, they might be considering. Uh, make sure you throw that ball in my numbers. I don't want to be reaching up for a high pass and have some guy come and take me out in the midsection. So uh, I think Washington has a very good, solid defense. I was impressed that uh, Arizona State ran the ball quite well against them, and that was their mode of transportation last week. Arizona State uh, decided they were going to run the football where they've normally been a pass attack team, and they ran the ball very well. Uh, they weren't good enough to win, but uh, I think that uh, that does show that there is this opportunity that you have to run the football. Well, you mentioned the Washington secondary. Four projected NFL draft picks in that secondary, led by AP all preseason All-American safety t- Taylor Rapp. So it be fun watching those guys play some defense today. Headline number two, Mark. Road Warriors or a Chevy Chase-style vacation? Now, this one, Mark, BYU's 2-0 on the road this season, and BYU's also 2-0 on the season as a road double-digit underdog. They're 17-point underdogs today at Washington. Can they do it again? Well, I think 17's a lot of points uh, to be able to beat a team that stayed right with Wisconsin. Uh You don't get to make all the comparisons with the victory over Wisconsin and playing uh, Washington, even though they both start with W, and they'll probably confuse me a lot tonight. But uh, uh, Wisconsin's just going to slug it out with you. And Washington, they have a different uh, offensive approach, and uh, they run the ball really well. They have a terrific running back. He's he's great. And uh, I do think that uh, they throw the ball quite well. So, uh, you're also playing Chris Peterson, and uh, he's the guy that's been very innovative in his offense, and so there's going to be a trick play or two. There's going to be a double reverse pass. There's going to be a Statue of Liberty play. There's going to Those kind of things uh, come out of his mind, and so BYU does. They're going to jump on everything quickly. They're going to make their reads, and they're going to go after them, so sometimes uh, those misdirection plays are going to be very effective for Washington. Headline three. Bruised, not broken defense. Just who will be available to help the BYU defense as they try to stop Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, and the Husky offense. Just a, just some news on this one. Zane Anderson didn't play last week. His status is unknown for today. Butch Pau missed the Wisconsin game and the McNeese game due to injury and is still banged up. And Diane Gonwoloku did not play against McNeese in the win as well. Is there enough depth on this BYU defense to stop the Husky offense? Well, and throw one more in there. Uh, El- oh, I see, because we're talking about are they going to be having a defensive player, El Bakri, yeah. out there. He's going he's gonna, to – we'll have to wait and see if El Bakri plays today also. But uh, you miss three of your starters. Uh, that certainly uh, does reduce your ability to play. But they've been out a long enough time now that those backups have been in the games. They've been playing, and – there's nothing better than game experience to help you see how fast you have to improve. When you start going against those uh, first-teamers in a game situation, you find out a whole bunch of things about where you stand as an athlete. And you recognize, man, that guy's fast. I've got to get faster. <laughs> that guy hit me. i got to hit harder. And those things are worked on in practice. And when you have this going on for two games – Those guys are progressing and progressing, and you'll see that the drop-off between the starter and the guy that's filled in for a couple of games isn't that drastic. So 
uh, these players have been uh, prepped, they've been prepared, and uh, they are going to go out and give everything they've got. And we'll get you updated throughout this pregame show uh, on the status of all these guys who we've talked about with injury as we talked with Greg Rebell a little bit later. And the final headline, headline number four. <laughs> Playing with house money. Unexpected early season success has resulted in a top 20 ranking for the Cougars and a 3-1 and record. Just what would a win today against the Huskies do for BYU the rest of this football season, Mark? Oh, man. You know, it would be out of sight uh, to come out and uh, you beat a top 10 in Wisconsin and then you come out and get a victory any way you can. It doesn't matter how you get it. Uh, if you get a victory against Washington, a number 11 ranked team, those are two really good football teams that have a lot of recognition and are a lot of respect around the country. So if BYU gets attention with the Wisconsin win, if you come out and beat Washington on the road, I'll tell you, uh, it's, going to, it's going to move them up very rapidly and everybody's going to start thinking about uh, Man, maybe we should be running Jet Sweep a lot. Uh, Mark, we talked to Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports on BYU Sports Nation yesterday, and he said BYU already owns the best win in college football right now over Wisconsin. If they get it done at Washington, they might be the top two wins in college football yeah. uh, just in BYU's back pocket. Hey, coming up, we'll get to know the foes. We talked to the voice of the Huskies, Tony Castrocone. But next, we'll hear from Dylan Colley, Adam Pulsfer, and others in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Pregame Live Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU in Washington. It's time for Cougar Cuts. The passing attack is still trying to find its rhythm, rhythm so far this season. The Cougars are averaging only 164 yards through the air per game. There's been more opportunities for big pass plays in the past couple of games, but BYU hasn't been able to connect. Dylan Colley was asked this week about the importance of getting the pass game going. I mean, it's, it's huge. We have to execute, um, and, and it will come. Is it time to press, you know, like we said, is it time to press the panic button? Is it time to really worry about it? Absolutely not. There's nothing to worry about except what we're going to do this week and how we're going to play, and whether that be running the ball or throwing the ball or relying on the defense or the defense relying on us or special teams. It, it, it's a football game, and however you get the job done, you're going to get it done, and that's what's going to create a successful atmosphere and a successful culture. Mark, it seems like in every game this season, even in the wins, there's been a key pass play where the receiver outside the Arizona yeah. game, because Dylan Colley caught that one that bobbled off his face mask, but in every other game there's been a deep pass or a big pass play where receivers drop the ball. Do you see that improving as the season goes on? Absolutely, and I really like his comments that uh, it's a team effort out there. I appreciate him saying that because uh, I know uh, there's been a lot of comments about offense versus defense and who's doing the best. and. I think you are a team, and I think the pass game is going to come, and I don't think it's going to be today, but uh, I do think it's right around the corner. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the pregame show. As the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, says, don't expect that today, but it's not a bad thing. Well, more, that's, a, that's called a tease in the <laughs> yeah, business. We'll talk about yeah, that later. Right. <laughs> hey, heading into the season, the linebackers were a group that had a few cons- had few concerns because of three senior starters in Butch Pau, Zane Anderson, and Sione Takitaki, but they've missed some games this season. But Adam Pulser says the play hasn't suffered because of the depth of that position. I think it, it speaks to the depth of our team. We, we knew we had some returning players at a lot of positions that were good. But I think guys have stepped in and, and stepped up. Guys like Riggs Powell, Isaiah Kafusi, who have come in at the linebacker position. Then you look at the D-line. 
the D-line rotates probably 10 different guys. And even in the secondary with Tanner Jacobson stepping in and, and making a play. So I think it, it just speaks to the depth of, of the quality of players that we have. Mark, we already talked about some of the injuries there and whether the question mark around Zane Anderson and others playing. But it's interesting because Adam Pulser addressed it there. It's been fun watching some of these other guys step in and get the job done. One guy who's been a surprise to me and I've really enjoyed watching is Isaiah Kafusi. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. And that's, that's the good thing about it, I guess, is because Isaiah is really a good football player. And you get it. Boy, that pick was beautiful, wasn't it? He just uh, got up with both hands, made the pick. I, I think he's a terrific player. So, yeah, those guys get an opportunity. And the more they play again, just increases your depth. The words used to describe the Washington defense are usually fast and athletic. The BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes talked about what he's seen this season from the Huskies defense. Big, physical, up front. Fast and sound in the back end. Very, very well-coached unit. Don't put themselves in, in bad position very often and don't have to overcommit themselves to stop the run. Able to do that with with their front, with a lot of big guys in the defensive line and at linebacker, and so it'll be another big challenge for us. Yeah, I think it's safe to say at this point, Mark, that they are the best defense BYU has faced yet this season. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that, and I agree with everything he said. Uh, they're really a good, solid football team all the way around, and so the offense has got to have some breaks with them uh, today to be able to do some things. But look, Syracuse had Clemson on the ropes all the way to the last two minutes. Oh, that was close. So, uh, yeah, anything's possible. Well, we've already seen that once against a UW team. Maybe we'll see it again in the other UW game this season. That's right. That's that's how you keep them straight, Mark, is the other UW. Uh, (laughs) On the other side of the ball, Mark, the BYU defense has had its hands full with – or will have its hands full with quarterback Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, and a group of talented receivers. Defensive coordinator Eliza Tuiaki breaks down the Huskies' offense. Fast. They're fast. Really good ball skills. Their running backs are really good players. They're patient. Um, obviously, the quarterback is a guy that's got a lot of accolades, and I, th- I think the the fact that they have really good players is one thing. But they're really, you know, it's probably one of the more in sync offenses that we've seen, uh, really, that we'll see all year. I think, and it just goes to the credit of their coaches. They're they're well coached, and they know who they are and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to get done. And their their players are really intelligent. You can tell that they find the zones. They know when they're in man. They they read coverage as well, and they they do a good job. Coach Tuiaki there gave credit to the coaching staff. And while Jake Browning was a big name last year, his stars kind of dimmed a little mm-hmm. bit. But it doesn't matter because it's a Chris Peterson offense. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's uh, very versatile. Uh, they have uh, lots of variety. They do different things. they got people. Man, they've got people. So, uh, yeah, it's a challenge to come out tonight and uh, stop them, shut them down. Got to keep them under 24. Hey, coming up, Jason Shepard goes one-on-one with Gunnar Romney, but next it's time to know the foe as we chat with Huskies play-by-play guy, Tony Castricone. You're listening to BYU, our Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. It's time, as we usually do on the pregame show, to get to know the foe. We're joined by Washington Huskies play-by-play man, Tony Castricone, a man of many talents, I learned today. He's also a member of the Nashville Songwriters Association International. Frank, thanks for joining us and bringing your talents here to BYU Radio. <laughs> no, no, hold on. I, I haven't paid my dues recently, so oh, that kind of kicks me out. I don't oh, know, no. but... Uh, 
Yeah, no, I definitely enjoy uh, picking up a guitar for a time or two. Uh, that's awesome. Tony, hey, uh, after the cl- a close opening loss against ninth-ranked Auburn to open the season, the Huskies have been very good in rebound and winning the, ne- the, the next three games. What's been the key to the Huskies' early season success? Well, I think any time that you can keep your quarterback upright, that's a good thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that's tough to do against Auburn. They just have such a big defensive front. they got so many guys that are going to play on Sunday and make a lot of money, and they just had Jake running for his life. Uh, Jake Browning, our senior fourth-year starter quarterback. And, you know, the line actually did a, a fairly good job in that game. We, we got 398 yards yeah, total right. offense. It wasn't a bad performance. And if you would have told me going into this thing that we'd have the ball at their 37-yard line, first and 10, down by five, two minutes left, I would have taken it but just couldn't quite finish the comeback. And so Auburn gets that win. But since then, no quarterback sacks against North Dakota, one against Utah, one against Arizona State. So he's had a little bit more time. He's got a young receiving core that is starting to gel and learn their roles. Got a young offensive line that's starting to gel. Haven't had All-American left tackle Trey Adams all season because he's been out with an ACL and reportedly a back thing too. So – even though you've got a fourth-year starter quarterback and a fourth-year starter running back, there's still just that early season footing they're starting to find, and and I think the offense is hitting its stride now. Oh, great. <laughs> That's exciting for us to hear. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, Let's talk about Jake Browning uh, just for a bit uh, because uh, he's very mobile. He, You know, when you're talking about sacks, you've had seven sacks, but uh, he really moved well against Utah. He was mm-hmm. able to still get rid of the football many times. One time he probably should have hung on to it. But yeah. uh, uh, he's the leader of the team. I'm uh, interested to know what you think about him year to year. Well, he was such a star, you know, early. And is he still that same superstar? Yeah, well, he, he gets a lot of criticism around here. And yeah, I think the coaching I... staff kind of feels like a lot of it's unfair because I think his numbers were so video game-esque his sophomore season. And everybody just expects that numbers are going to get better from year to year throughout your career. And that obviously, that's just not the case. But it continues to be the expectation even though it proves time and time and time again that it's not the case. And you have a new team every year, and you have new challenges every year. And the challenges for the Huskies last year were staying healthy. Uh, they lost an NFL wide receiver from 2016 in John Ross when, when Browning threw 43 touchdown passes. Yeah. And so yeah. they, they lose him. They bring back Dante Pettis. Well, Pettis had some games where he was banged up. And multiple wide receivers go down with ACL injuries. It's a tough year for the offense. But I think Jake Browning's smart. He's obviously a, a great leader. This is his 44th career start. He's 32 and 11. Knows and his I, way around. Yeah, he knows his way around, just like Tanner Mangum does. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, it's kind of funny that, that starting quarterbacks on 3-1 and one teams kind of get that heat a little bit sometimes. Apparently you need to be 4-0 not to get that heat. Yeah, well, it, and even in some of the wins, I think that's where a lot of the criticism was coming. Uh, a couple interceptions against North Dakota that people just didn't want to see. There was the one interception uh, against Utah uh, that you brought up a little bit earlier that it just was one of those decisions that you just cringe a little bit when it happens. But I think you take for granted when he makes good decisions. And I think there are a couple passes that happened against Arizona State here on this field a week ago that – a lot of other quarterbacks can't make. And rolling out for that touchdown in the corner to Cade Otten down here uh, on the west end zone, those are things that you got to be pretty special to make plays like that, and Jake Browning does. 
Well, uh, the receiver core is solid, but I'm asking you about Ty Jones, a kid from Provo, Utah. Yeah, What's about going that? on with that now? <laughs> he's 6'4", 209 pounds, and, man, he, he still's pretty swift. Well, the thing about Ty Jones is he continues to show his great hands week after week. I mean, he had an amazing one-handed catch while being interfered with up the sideline against Auburn. And then he's a true sophomore, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It was forced into action last year as a, as a freshman to maybe play a little bit more than they expected due to some of the injury things. Um, and, and Chris Peterson says he wasn't forced in, but he had to take on more of a prominent role maybe before he was ready to. Uh, but then he had a, a phenomenal one-handed catch for a touchdown against North Dakota. Uh, Deion Harris was the cornerback on the play. He's an NFL prospect. And then, you know, the other night here, while falling down on his back, full extension, fingertip grab, <laughs> lands on his backside in the end zone, touchdown. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. So he's the big play guy for sure. But Aaron Fuller is Mr. Consistency. 22 catches, good for sixth in the Pac-12. And, yeah. and uh, he's a veteran guy, high character guy. He was offered by Navy. So, you know, he's, he's disciplined. And uh, it's a good young, talented receiving core. One thing that's jumped out to me in preparing for this game is is the way the Huskies have been able to get out in front early and jump on opponents early, outscoring opponents 61-32 in the first half. Is, is this just a, a, a something where teams are getting used to facing a Chris P- Peterson team early, and how has that helped the Huskies in this early season? That might be one of those things where stats can be a little bit deceiving because they played from behind all of Auburn, and then against North Dakota, they were up 17-3 to at halftime, which felt a little close for comfort, you know. And then at Utah, I think they left some opportunities out there where they maybe could have had a bigger lead. So uh, I, I, I hear you on the stat, but I think that everyone around here kind of wants to see a little bit, uh, maybe some more points on the board early in the game and maybe a little bit more separation so that these things aren't so close in the fourth quarter. I mean, even though there was a two-possession lead last weekend against Arizona State, it's still they needed a big third-down conversion at the end of the game to salt that one away. Uh, only ended up winning by seven. So uh, I hear you on the stat, but I think they'd like to see a little bit more points on the board. Ben Burr-Curvin. Yeah. Is that how I – did you, I say it right? You got it. Okay. Yeah. Man, he lit him up last week. Uh, really a solid linebacker. Yeah, a fifth-year guy. Well, no, sorry, a fourth-year guy is a senior. Um, and here's something for you. He was clocked with one of these GPSs that they wear during games at 21.8 miles per hour on the field. <laughs> That's speed. Dante Pettis, NFL wide receiver, is in the 22-mile-an-hour range. <laughs> so – if you're running around at 220 pounds making tackles yeah. and hitting people 21 Lying miles an the hour. Air, man alive. And he's making plays at the boundaries as an inside linebacker. He's a special player, National yeah, Defensive Player of the yeah. Week. That's where you enjoy being in the booth and not on the field when a guy like that's coming at you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's undersized. Yeah, he's, so people for his entire career have been doubting him. People still doubt him. Uh, I was talking to some of the TV guys, and they were saying, so is this – going to be the best linebacker ever who's who's never going to play in the nfl and i was like well <laughs> keep doubting him man i mean every time people do he just shows them up yeah i know he's fun uh, because uh, he looks little out there but boy he strikes you yeah he's he's a hard hitter this whole 
Husky team oh, hits pretty doesn't. hard. Yeah, they really they do. do. Especially so you, the guys in the secondary have learned how to hit and hit cleanly. And hit. The, the Ute fans that might be tuning in aren't going to like that, but there are a lot of clean hits in that Utah game. That Utah game was as physical as I've seen. That and, Covey yeah. kid was just, oh, beat up. Yeah, felt bad for him, honestly. He was taking a pounding. But Taylor Rapp, Jordan Miller, Byron Murphy, JoJo McIntosh, even the little nickelback, Miles Bryant at 5'8", 182. These guys know how to thump. Yeah. Hey, Tony, thanks a lot for your time. Have a great call and look forward to a great game today as BYU and Washington face off. All right, appreciate it, fellas. Thanks a lot. All right, up next, Jason Shepard goes one-on-one with freshman receiver Gunnar Romney and Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you as BYU gets ready to face Washington in a, in a matchup of top 20 teams. Before we get to Shep Talk, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Radio on 107.9 FM, KUMT Randolph, KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. This is Radio. Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley filling in for Jason Shepard. Mark Lyons from, live from Seattle and Husky Stadium with you. Freshman wide receiver Gunnar Romney was highly recruited player out of Chandler, Arizona. Due to injury, he was slowed down during camp, but, well, that promise is back. And he's looking to make a big impact on the BYU team as a freshman. In fact, Romney is listed as the starter in this week's depth chart. Here's this week's Shep Talk with Gunnar Romney. All right, Gunnar, this is actually the first time that I've had an opportunity to talk to you. So I kind of want to utilize this as an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better and Take me back to the recruiting process. There were a lot of schools that were interested in you. What was it about BYU that ultimately said, this is where I want to be? So BYU is my first offer my sophomore year of high school. Um, so Coach, Coach Sataki reached out to me, first, one to, first, one, first college to talk to me. Um, and then so I committed the, senior before my, uh, the summer before my senior season. And I just kind of stuck with it, even though I had a whole bunch of other schools calling me, uh, recruiting me. But I felt like BYU was home the whole time. I just love the atmosphere here. I love the team. It's such a family, like family atmosphere. And I think Coach Sataki really, really knows what he's doing. He he really loves his job and he loves he loves his team. He loves his players. And so it just felt like the right fit for me all around. You know, it's something I will never experience. So I have to have to ask people that have gone through. What, is the recruiting process as crazy as everybody makes it sound? Um, it is pretty crazy. Me personally, I hated it because you have college coaches you wanting wanting you to call them every single day, be on the phone for an hour every single day, and I hated that. I hated talking with coaches and telling them all these things about me. But uh, that's that's part of the reason I committed early because I wanted to just stick with the school and be firm with the school. That's what I did. But I don't know. It was fun going on recruiting trips and stuff. But BYU, you'll at the end of the day, you'll need to choose one school, and BYU is where I felt like I needed to be. What went into the decision on, on playing a year first? Was it always the plan for you? Yeah, it's always been the plan for me to come straight out of high school and play a year. Um, I've wanted to play college football ever since I, was, since I can remember. That's been one of my goals. And so that's what I've been working for my whole life. So now I wanted to ask you, you had a little bit of a slow start to fall because you're dealing with some injuries. How frustrating was that to not be able to be full go in fall? It was, it was really frustrating seeing my team out there, uh, practicing every single day and being on the sideline, not being able to do very much. I'm healthy now. The, the training staff got me back, and so I'm 100% ready to go. But it was it was hard, you know, start, uh, especially my first season here, getting a slow start to it. But I feel like I've jumped in pretty good, and so it's full go now. 
Did I see you out there catching passes from uh, from your bro a minute ago? Yeah, I did. Baylor over there. He's a quarterback here. What's, uh, what's that like playing with your brother? That's got to be pretty cool at the collegiate level. It is a really cool experience. We come, we throw every single day after practice just because we already have that that connection and stuff. So it's, it's great having that brotherhood on the team. And there's there's tons of sets of brothers on the team, so it's it's kind of a family unit all around. So it's not just us, but it's it's awesome having him here. No matter where you are, you have a built-in guy that you can go out and have passes thrown to you. I mean, like that's built into the family. Wherever you are, you can always go out and play catch with him. Mm-hmm. That's how it's always been since we were little. He was a quarterback. I was a receiver. Growing up, every single day, just going out in the backyard and throwing outrun routes, he would throw to me, and it's been like that growing up our whole lives. Now you've played in three of the four games. I believe five catches for 62 yards. How would you summarize your play early in your freshman season thus far? Um, You know, I got off to a slow start, like you said. I missed the first game. I was coming back from an injury. But I think it's a good start being a true freshman out here. But it's hopefully we can ramp it up. But it, at the end of the day, it's all about the win, and we're, we're doing good as a team. So that's really all that matters to me. In terms of fit, how does this offense fit your skill set, do you think? Um, I think if it's really good, Coach Grimes has a really balanced offense going, so it kind of keeps the defense on their, on their heels, like what we're going to do. So um, I think it's good because when, when a big play needs to happen, um, someone, someone needs to step up, and I feel like we need receivers to do that, so that's where, that's where I'm trying to fit in. Yeah, how much have you guys working on? I mean, people I know keep asking you about the big plays, maybe some of the drop passes. How much are you guys working on? I know Coach Grimes talked about the fact that, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that need to work in everybody's favor for those plays to happen. How much are you guys focusing on, on trying to get those big plays? Yeah, so it's a it's a huge emphasis. I need, I mean, we need someone to step up and make big plays. We need that guy to take the top off. And so it's uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Fessy. They put an emphasis on catching the ball every day after practice. They want us to get extra work and go, and so we can practice making those big plays and practice securing those catches. What have you guys seen from the Washington defense? I mean, one of the things they're known for is is their pass defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things they hang their hat on. So in terms of opportunities to throw the ball, you guys think that this there will be chances for you to to make some plays downfield? Definitely. I'm I mean, there's yards to be made on them. They have uh, probably the best secondary in all of college football. They're, they're solid all around. But there's still definitely yards to be made with our offensive game plan. I feel like the coaches uh, have a solid idea of what's going to happen going into it. So I feel like there's, there's plays that can be made, and we can, we can hopefully have a big game on them. You, know, you mentioned there's still things that need to be worked on, but th- the confidence level in the offense is still really high, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's. It's tremendous. Just every every single day in practice, it's it starts with the energy and stuff, and so it's the preparation going in before games that helps our confidence. And so everybody practices like we're going to play. So when we practice confident, we play confident. All right, you ready for the uh, the fun questions and not the football questions now? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, I always end uh, these interviews with the final four. So the first question is, what was the last show you binge watched? Um, probably SpongeBob. To be honest, I have a, have a DVD with like a hundred episodes on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gotta say SpongeBob. Okay, I, I've asked this question to many people. I have never gotten SpongeBob as the answer, but there we go. It's a first. It's a good show. <laughs> All right, the second question: If you were granted one superpower, what would it be? Um, probably teleportation. You can be wherever you need to be all around the world. You can go home, take a nap whenever you want, really. So it's, it's a great, it's a great power. You want to take a guess on which starting quarterback of the BYU Cougars also said teleportation? Are you and Tanner Mangum on the same page or what? Yes, that's the connection already. <laughs> All right, third question. Your favorite meal is what? I got to say hot wings. I'm a big spicy food uh, fan. So I'll, I'll eat hot wings all day, every day, every meal. So now we're talking like with the bone or do you go boneless? Oh, no, you have to have the bone in. It just adds so much flavor. <laughs> boneless is just chicken nuggets. That's all it is. 
I'm kind of wanting chicken nuggets right now. All right, last question. How has coming to BYU, and I know you've only been here for a little while, how has coming to BYU influenced your life? It's such a such a positive atmosphere here. I mean, any other school you go to, you're going to see all that party life, but I'm not really into that kind of stuff. So BYU, there's obviously it's a really good school academically, so it pushes you to do well academically. And then just like the overall atmosphere, it pushes you to be a better person. And just I think it's had a really positive impact on me. Well, thanks for the time. I really enjoyed this. Good luck against the Huskies on Saturday. Thank you. There you go. Jason Shepard chatting with Gunnar Romney. We'll visit with the voice Greg Rebell coming up in about 10 minutes. But first, Mark Lyons chimes in. Well, we talk a little bit about the Cougar passing game. That's coming up and analyze this. It's next as Cougar pregame live rolls on on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley. Mark Lyons is with us as well. Each week I present our own Mark Lyons with a topic or a stat that we expect to play a role in the game today, and we call it Analyze This. Well, Mark, the topic of the day is the BYU pass game, and here's your stats, and let's analyze. Uh, BYU's pass offense, 113th in the nation out of 130 teams at 163.8 yards per game. Their pass efficiency, 112th in the nation at 111.95. That being said, Mark, the Cougars are 3-1. and one. Yeah. Is this week the week that we see a breakout in the pass game? Well, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of change in the numbers, but uh, I do think that uh, the pass game that uh, they've been using so far has gotten them those three wins. and. Uh, it was also very close to four wins against Cal. So they've been in every ball game, and their pass game is still not where they want it to be. 113th ranked isn't where you want to be. But they also are still being able to make first downs on third downs with pass game, and they're still able to make good yardage on first down with some passes. So the efficiency of what they want to get done with the pass game has been good. The, the interceptions has been a very low number. So all of those things combined. Now, the thing that I found interesting is that uh, as you look through all those different categories in today's matchup, Washington against BYU, they're all pretty close. Scoring offense, the Huskies are up two. Scoring defense, up four. First downs, they're up three. Rushing offense, they're up four yards in a game. Rushing defense, they're five yards ahead of BYU. So all of those stats that you, they're really close in everything. In fact, uh, time of possession, which really surprised me, BYU's at 31 minutes a game, and Washington's at 30.59. Their numbers are close except for one area. That one area is pass offense. Uh, Washington is over 100 yards better than BYU in every game throwing the football. And well, that's an area that I think BYU has some concern. Here's the thing is, is I've heard multiple people throughout the week and throughout the last couple of weeks talking about this. And, and, and it's funny because as we, as we talked to Tony earlier, Jake Browning kind of catching the same heat, both teams yeah. three and one. And well, they're just not doing enough at quarterback. Tanner Mangum's you hear that as well. Yet, what do you want them to do? Isn't is the three and one records <laughs> the, the goal in the end? But this, as you said, Mark, this offense pass with offense is doing good things. The numbers aren't huge. They're not eye-popping. But what are the little things right now that this BYU pass offense is doing well? 
Yeah, and so that is. They've been successful on first down throws, and not for 15 yards, but for 5, 6, and 7. So a first down gain of 5, 6, and 7, that's a positive thing for helping you to get a first down out of that. On third and medium, so 4, 5, and 6, they've been successful in throwing the football for those short yardage gains. So I do think that they've been good in those areas of short yardage throws to manage those drives. Now today against uh, Washington, their defense is very good. They're solid. And so BYU is going to need a big play along the way someplace to flip field position. Uh, the big play is one thing, and I'll get to that in just a second, but you said something in there that is really interesting is manage. And here, here's the one thing, and I know it's, it's, it's blasphemy on a BYU pregame show to bring <laughs> up a, a former Ute quarterback in Alex Smith, but that's what he's made an NFL career off of doing is yeah, managing right. games and getting wins. And that's what Tanner Mangum's doing is he's going out and managing games. And you say he's making those passes that are moving the chains, and that's exactly going back to what your point earlier. That's what the Washington defense gives up. They're not giving up the big plays, yep. but they're letting you com- pass and complete balls, but they're keeping it in front of you. So if you take advantage of that, that's no different than popping off a three- to five-yard run and moving the chains each time. Yeah. A- at the end of the game, you're going to go, oh, well, where's the big play? Where's the, there's, where's the 300 yards passing? It's not going to be there. But if you can continue to complete those short passes and move the chains, that's an effective way to win ballgames. Absolutely, and the drive, every first down you make and then are forced to punt, that makes the opponent have to go 10 yards further to score. So even though you might be making three first downs from the 20 to the 50, when you punt the football, you are putting the Huskies in bad field position to force them to go 90 yards for a score. So uh, even though those first downs don't end up with points or even look like they're going to get you field position, they do after the expansion punts. And, and you said it, though. I think I agree with you on that, as, although I just mentioned that they've done a good job of just moving the ball with the short passes. I think BYU will need a couple of big plays. Yeah. And you'd like to see it come out of the pass game. Their longest pass of the, of the season thus far was the Hippo pass to MLP in the Wisconsin game. It didn't even come at the hands of a quarterback, but that was 31 yards and the longest pass play of the season. Yeah, I know, and it was a nice play. And, uh, man, you get points out of that, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's what works for you. Yeah, no, it, it's nice to get those points and stuff on those big plays. Uh, you, you talk about this pass game. Like, is the Heat, and I'm going to ask this question. We, we've kind of defended him a little bit. But is there some, some when you look at the, the, the heat that Tanner Mangum's taken a little bit in the press and in, from fans, is yeah. there some justification of that? Uh, well, I don't think so. So that's what I did. I went around the streets. Uh, when I was walking around all of Seattle and Bellevue and where I've been around, there's a lot of Wisconsin, Washington Husky fans that are out there wearing the colors. And so I'll talk to them about, hey, uh, your Huskies are good. How about things? And then I ask, how do you like Jake Browning? And every one of them does, well, it's kind of a love-hate thing, you know. He's been so good in the past, you expect him to be that way every game. And we couldn't beat Auburn. You know, and he brings up that uh, they lost the game to Auburn. Or we can't win the big games. And so uh, in relationship to that, I'm kind of surprised because uh, Jake Browning, he was the uh, offensive player of the year in the Pac-12 in 2016. And so, you know, that's being productive. Well, Mark, life's pretty good if the, if you all you've got to do is complain about a starting <laughs> quarterback of a team that's 
11th or 20th ranked and both teams are three and one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if, now, if that's what, what you're complaining about in life, life's pretty darn good. Yeah, I agree. That, and, and you can take that kind of uh, heat then. Here's what I like about Tanner. He's in charge in the football game. Uh, he steps in the huddle with confidence. You can kind of see that uh, the team respects him. It's such a different feeling than last year. And when he runs those bootlegs, he's coming out of that bootleg like I think he's going to find somebody to throw the ball to and he's going to be accurate. When he uh, waits and waits in the pocket sometimes, those offensive linemen are just fighting like crazy to keep those guys away from him. And he's made many throws with guys right in his face and was able to still be very accurate. So I appreciate that he's doing a, all he can do to do his 111th in a football game. Oh, there's the 111th comment. Yeah. And by the way, I agree with you. Tanner Mangum, uh, much more accurate and, deci- and decisive in his decision-making this year as he was last year. So there is an improvement there. And maybe, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later with uh, Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes, they, they fully expect the pass game to blossom, just not this week. Yeah, More of that coming tough, up a little huh? bit later. Hey, coming up next, we'll visit with the voice. Greg Rebell joins Cougar Pregame Live next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up a little bit later, Mitchell Jurgens will join me and we'll get his view from the sideline. And you'll hear why you shouldn't. Mark and I just talked about this, but I'll tell you why you shouldn't expect a breakout game today from the Cougars pass game and why that's not a bad thing. We'll hear from Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick on that coming up a little bit later. But right now, it's time to visit with The Voice. Joining us right now, it's The Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, welcome to the show. And welcome to you. Ben hey, Bagley. You know, it, it's been almost a year, but it's good to be back in the booth and getting ready for a BYU football game with you guys. It, it's, it's just like riding a bike. And I love it. It's fun to talk football on a Saturday, and it, it's something I'll never get sick of. Well, we hope the guys here can uh, pop a few wheelies and get up to high speed <laughs> on their bike today because uh, it would be, be, be a good day to have a good game uh, because Washington is uh, – they're kind of in the same boat as Wisconsin in terms of caliber of opponent and what they do well and how they play at home, and yet BYU's already – you know, they've already climbed that mountain. They've already shown what they can do that way. So it would be nice to go uh, two for two in that kind of game, but really three for three in P5 road games in the month of September. And that, that was a tall task when the season began, Ben. But here they are, two for two, and looking to go three for three. Well, Mark and I talked about that a little bit earlier, Greg. It was one of our headlines is Road Warriors, or is this going to be a Chevy Chase-style vacation? But BYU's <laughs> done this twice already, gone on the road to a P5 school, as a double-digit underdog and won that game. You got a chance to talk to head coach Kalani Sataki. What's he saying about that road warrior mentality? Well, it's all about the ability to remain focused while not being wound too tightly. And, uh, and, and he contrasted it uh, a couple of weeks ago to how, they, how he kind of felt the team played against Cal at home. And he just felt it was a little, it was, the team was a little too tightly wound that week. But then when they come on the road, they've just been looser and, uh, and having more fun. And it's easy to have more fun when you're winning games, obviously. But they have been that kind of team away from home. And let's not forget, they've, they've won four straight away games now. You go back to last year and now this year, uh, they've won four in a row away from Provo. And if they, have, uh, if they get another one here today, I think I would tie the longest string since uh, maybe 2006. I'm, I'm just, uh, let's see, 2000, yeah, 2009, actually. be nine years. In 2009, they won at Tulane, at UNLV, at San Diego State, at Wyoming, at New Mexico. They swept their road, their true road schedule that year. 
And uh, that's the last time BYU's won five in a row away, away from home. They would match that if they were to win today here nine years later. So that's in play today. And you kind of alluded to it, Ben, and you'll talk more about it. But, uh, uh, you know, Washington is, is a really good team pass defense-wise on the back end. They'll, they'll give you some stuff underneath but they won't give you stuff when it matters. Uh, their, their yards per attempt allowed is very, very low. They've only allowed one passing touchdown all year. They only have one pick, mind you, but it's because no one challenges them. Uh, teams are afraid to throw at those corners over the top. So, so they, they, they see a lot of short stuff and stuff that the linebackers can handle in, in a lot of ways because that secondary has such a good reputation and well-learned. And so for that reason and others, Ben and Mark, uh, ground game and, 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 and rush productivity is really being ID'd as an area BYU has to win today. Can, can BYU's two best guys, let's say, be better than Washington's two best guys at running the football today? Because I really do, I think it will take Squally and Lopini both to have the kind of impact that we want BYU to have if you want BYU to win this kind of game uh, on the road. They're going to go with Gaskin and Ahmed. Can BYU's top two be better than those top two? That'll be a question worth answering. And again, uh, winning at Wisconsin meant r- outrushing Jonathan Taylor that day. Yeah. And so you may have to be better than Miles Gaskin today. And Arizona State ran the ball quite well against them last week. But, uh, Greg, when you're talking about playing on the road, this is really a nice place that uh, you would want to come and play. You, you know, I could get a little bit excited about being uh, in this stadium, even though it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be certainly a home crowd advantage. But uh, it's pretty exciting to be here. It's the purple rain, they call it up here, but I see a, a lot of blue in the stands already. And since we last visited here, Mark and me back in, uh, uh, Mark and I back in 2008, there have been a lot of refurbishments to the stadium. When we last visited here, <laughs> you'd, you, you, you would walk on a catwalk yeah. um, <laughs> on, on, under the roof of, a roof of this cantilever, and the press box was really suspended over yeah. the field under the roof yeah, on that were, catwalk. And we so were tied it, up there with yeah, Velcro. It was pretty shaky. <laughs> and, and, and the thing would, 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 would rock and roll when the crowd got loud, and so they've actually pushed the press box back to the actual foundation of the building, if you will, on this back, uh, on this back press box wall. So we're farther away from the field, but still it's, a, it's an incredible, almost incomparable view. And, again, we love the view we have at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's great to be, uh, to, to be able to host games in Provo and have that every week. But when you come here and you're on the uh, shores of, uh, of Union Bay and Lake Washington and then yeah. you can see the boats, uh, you know, uh, yeah. motoring in to, to tailgate, to tailgate. It's, yeah, uh, it, it's really remarkable. And I think yeah. they sold this thing out for the uh, Arizona State games. You're looking at 70,000-plus. And so, Ben, Washington leads the FBS West, at least, the Western uh, time zones in attendance. I think USC's second, UCLA's third, BYU's fourth. So two of the top four attended teams are playing today. But here in the home of the Huskies where they expect around 70,000-plus. And you look across the road, from uh, across the way from us here, Mark, and that opposing cantilevered stands yeah. is almost straight up and down. It is yeah. so steep. Cantilevered, that's yeah. the word I was going for earlier, and I the couldn't st- get it. The stands here under the roofs are so steep. It's a really steep pitch to get as many fans in here as they do. But it looks great since they've done the refurbishments, and we're looking forward to uh, bringing tonight's game to you from this uh, wonderful venue. One thing that we've talked a little bit about uh, so far is is the defense and how uh, there's injuries there. we got Diane Gunwalok, who's missed some games. Butch Paul, who's missed some games. Uh, Zane Anderson's missed some games. Yeah. The, one, the one nice thing about that is, and, and we don't know the status right now of those as of yet, 
But the one thing nice about it is we've seen some depth produced out of that BYU defense and guys like Isaiah Kafusi and, uh, and others that have stepped forward. Is this something that the BYU can do, can continue to do going forward? With as guys, it's it's a game of attrition. It's a physical game. Guys are going to get injured. Kalani talked about that throughout all fall camp. They got lucky to a certain extent, but now you're starting to see guys getting banged up a little bit. Yeah. Do we have does BYU have the horses to kind of fill in there? You know, I, I wish that, that the teams BYU is facing every week were in the same yeah. boat, but it seems like every team BYU faces is plenty healthy where they yeah. need to be. And so I'm seeing last year kind of repeat itself, unfortunately. And it's not maybe as bad as in terms of sheer numbers, yeah. but still, they're, they're, they're missing starters, all right? And, and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about, about uh, later, little later on in pregame about what Kalani says about those names you mentioned. Um, I, I think it's fair to say right now a couple might come back and a couple may not play today of, of, of the four main guys we're talking about among starters. And uh, yeah, it's it's it, 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 to me it's the one it's the one uh, you know downbeat note in the first four months or four games of this season, first month of the season, is that you are down key starters, El Bakri and Gonwoloku and Anderson and Pau'u, and that's a, that, that, that's a lot of top talent. And, and the teams BYU's facing is not missing a lot of guys. Their their guys are kind of there week in week out. And and yeah, BYU has the next man up mentality, and you want guys to be ready. Young guys have had to play and play a lot and play well. But, you know, they're not as healthy as I'd like them to be, especially when you're having the kind of month BYU has. And maybe it's because they have the month they've had. They've had this many guys hurt. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, too, it's too bad. Whether last year or this year, uh, missing uh, key guys at key spots is never a good deal. But it does give the younger guys chances to shine. And, and to this point, it has to be said, younger guys have come up yeah, and played well. They've done a good job. Yeah. Well, uh, one other thing that uh, BYU's done really well, because uh, Wisconsin had a lot of top athletes, and Washington has a lot of top athletes. BYU has to play as a team, and they have to be able to melt together uh, to be able to be uh, on offense. They have to all work together, and on defense, they have to work together in order to attack this Washington squad. And I think we'll get the sense, uh, Mark and Ben, early, kind of like we did at Madison, you know, relatively early if BYU is able to be the physical match of their opponent, especially in, in, uh, in the trenches up top on both lines today. I think once you see that, if you see that, you can feel a decent about BYU's chances, but I think Washington is a more explosive and varied team than maybe Wisconsin was. I think yeah. Wisconsin had a couple, three guys they were going to go to and kind of beat you over the head with those guys all day long. And I think Washington could spread it around and do it a little more differently. They're certainly more diverse. Uh, Washington looked more like a – rather, Wisconsin looks more like a – I like an NFL team and kind of their approach. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and Washington is very much in the mode of, well, what Chris Peterson did at Boise all those yeah, years. It's, it's, it's a Chris Peterson team. Yeah. yeah. All right, Greg, thanks for joining us. Look forward to hear more of your pregame coming up a little bit later with Mark Lyons as we get things like, well, the interview with head coach Kalani Sataki. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Ben. Hey, uh, after a quick break, our weekly view from the sidelines with Mitchell Juergens. Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network here with you there we okay. go thanks we mitch go. that makes me feel much better <laughs> hey i want to start with this with you byu's three and one they're nationally ranked but is there was almost a sense this week not just not just amongst the byu fan base but nationally as well as you watch college game day and stuff this morning that it's kind of like okay is, are they really ranked 20 are they really this good so let me ask you this. What are your expectations for this BYU team today against Washington, and how good are they? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard not to have high expectations for this team, um, especially seeing them beat a big team in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure anybody predicted or expected a 3-1 start uh, to this season coming off of a, 
uh, kind of a disappointing season last year. Uh, but now that they're here, I almost expect this team to perform better in this matchup than I would have expected at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I want to see BYU come away with a win, and, and I really think they can do it. Um, but as you know, as good as Washington is, I just I don't think um, they have played as well as Wisconsin uh, so far in the season. Offensively, their pass and run game has been been a little spotty. I mean, it's it's been consistent, but um, a, a little spotty. And even though they have the talent there to be one of the top offenses in the country, um, they just you know I, from what I've seen, they haven't lived up to that expectation or their potential. Um, but defensively, I mean, this team is good. That's the reason why they're number eleven. Um, however, you know BYU coming in at number twenty, I I do I think they can surprise some people today with. I mean, they've, you know, you look at the stat sheet, and they might not have the best stats, but they're they're controlling the ball. They're winning games, and, you know, so I, I expect big things, and, and I expect to win. I think they can do it tonight. One thing that doesn't show up in stats, and there's a lot of talk about stats, and there's a great quote coming out from Aaron Roddick. We'll hear coming up in the next segment about stats and what, the, who, what, what where they sit in the, the grand scheme of things. But one thing that's not measured by stats is the confidence of a team. As a former player, when you get on a roll, you go and you beat, say, a Wisconsin and an Arizona on the road. You start three and one. How does how much does that confidence play a role when you go into that next big challenge? And in, in, in this case, Washington. How much confidence does a player take into this, and how does that manifest itself on the field? I mean, it it's everything. Um, I I personally believe, uh, you know, as confident as you are, um, you know, that's how you're going to play on the field. Um, if there's any sense of doubt, if there's any sense of worry, you can't. I mean, you can't go out there and play to the best uh, of your ability. And and this team going on the road to Arizona, going on the road to Wisconsin and coming away with big victories, um, I think they jump at these opportunities away in these big venues to show up and play BYU football. Um, I don't I don't know what Kalani says to the team. I, I don't know, you know, if, uh, if this is just in, in Kalani's wheelhouse of, man, you know, getting the opportunity to upset somebody and if that just kind of fuels the fire under him and whatever he says to those players I mean we felt it this year on the road and against big teams they play even better than you know than we've seen them playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and so this is a big opportunity for BYU to come out again on the road as an underdog and, and I think you know as as much as people say that BYU is the you know underdog and they're at a disadvantage playing away I think in a sense it's an advantage for BYU they they've got a chip on the shoulder and they'll have something to prove tonight for sure well, the one thing I like about that is not only are they the big underdog which gives you kind of that we got nothing to lose mentality but they've uh-huh. got that confidence and you combine those two things and hopefully something special can happen but I want to ask you about this is yeah. can, can Washington can BYU beat Washington with the same game plan they used against Wisconsin, which was we're going to out-physical you, we're going to run the ball, and we're not going to make errors? Yeah, and, you know, I think in the answer to that, yes, and I think they're going to have to. Um, as I mentioned, you know, how, how or, sorry, I didn't say this before, um, but Washington's secondary is playing very well. It makes it very difficult for teams to throw on these guys and and looking at BYU that's not their strength right now their strength is the run game and I think they stick to that plan um and and I think they you know I think they wear on this Washington team um uh Tanner Mangum you know and you look at all three of these wins so on top you know on top of 
uh, the run game. I think Tanner Mangum is a huge key factor in, in coming away with a victory today as well. If you look at the three wins that BYU has had, he has not turned the ball over. And so I think it's a combination of um, winning up front, getting the big guys to, to create lanes for Squally Canada and Lopini Katoa. If they can manage that game and then Tanner Mangum um, being as precise as he can be and limit the turnovers to zero, um, if he does throw it, you know, if, if he does turn the ball over at some time, um, rely on that defense to get a big turnover. And, and you know, so I, I, I think they can come away with a big victory. Um, and starting up front, you know, to answer your question before, it's it's going to be the ground game. And, and that's what BYU has done so far this season. And, and I think they got to repeat and do it again. Where does BYU have the edge over Washington in this game? Like, which group, position group or which scheme do they have an edge over the Huskies? Yeah, it's it's got to be the rushing attack. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, BYU's strength uh, has been the ability to pound the football, um, averaging just under 160 rushing yards per game. Um, and then you look defensively, and Washington has given up about 150 yards of rushing per game as well. So, so you can expect uh, BYU to have success against um, or with the run tonight. Um, however, you know, I, I guess you could say that's my statistical edge that BYU has over Washington. Um, but what I'd love to say, and I alluded to it before, is being the underdog, coming into this house, Kalani plays with a chip on his shoulder, and, and I think that's going to play an advantage to this BYU team knowing I've, we've got nothing to lose, and, and they're going to come out and surprise people. Uh, th- this just coming across the wire, Blaine Fowler, uh, BYU TV sports analyst, is reporting that Diane Gunwaloku and Zane Anderson are not playing tonight in injuries, but Butch Bow and Braden Albacri will be playing tonight. How does that affect the outcome of this game? Yeah, that's, you know, it's tough. Last week we saw Washington, um, they, Jake Browning, I feel like, stepped into um, the Jake Browning that everyone has kind of expected him to play, uh, that level of play. Um, he, he looked comfortable. He looked like he was making smart deci- decisions um, at the quarterback position. And, and those receivers, um, led by Aaron Fuller and Ty Jones, I mean, those are great athletes. Um, and so with, you know, Diane Gunwalaku out, um, he, he's arguably probably our best, you know, cover safety, uh, one of the best players we have on this team. Uh, you, you take Zane Anderson as well, who's um, not only – you know, just he, he's improved in his physicality, but his ability to cover um, in, in the pass game is, is tremendous. And so I think um, it is a little worrisome for BYU. But um, as we saw last week, Tanner Jacobson stepped up. Um, yes, the level of uh, difficulty this week is a little bit different uh, than we saw last week. But we've seen guys step up. Uh, Riggs Powell has surprised me. And so I think him filling in for Zane Anderson is, you know, is he'll do a great job there. And and you just hope that, yeah, with the addition of Butch Powell back, Braden L. Bakery, um, that these team can ride along these two captains that they have uh, coming back and, and provided the momentum and the adrenaline to, to get the job done. Well, Mitch, it was truly a blessing, and I feel blessed I was able to do this <laughs> segment with you this, today on the on Cougar Free Game Live. Hey, thanks so much. It was, uh, it was a blessing over here as well. <laughs> I look forward to hearing you on the on sidelines at Husky Stadium. Okay. Hey, thanks. Uh, On the other side, I tell you why you shouldn't expect huge offensive numbers from the Cougars today, at least in the past game, and why. That's not such a bad thing. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. I am Ben Bagley, and we're getting ready for BYU and Washington. There's been some angst in Cougar Nation surrounding the less than stellar numbers that BYU's put up offensively this season, yet the Cougars are 3-1 and one and ranked 20th in the AP poll. QB coach and pass game coordinator Aaron Roderick says if you're looking for a breakout game for the Cougar pass game, this isn't the week you're looking for it. This is going to be a tough week to uh, you know make any big jumps statistically in, in passing. I think this week it's about being smart and taking care of the football and being as efficient as we can with our opportunities. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes says one of the reasons BYU's offense may struggle to put up big numbers this week is that the Husky defense is just pretty good. They're a very good defense, and a lot of the things that um, um, that, that you see in terms of statistics, you see on the field as well. They've got um, a lot of size and strength up front and a lot of speed in the back end, so... Yeah, it'll be a real challenge for us. Many look at the BYU offensive rankings and want more, but Coach Aaron Roderick says this week it's not about the stats. This is a tough week to think about big plays or stats. I mean, to me, stats are for losers. We're 3-1, and and we're taking good care of the ball, and this week is about trying to find a way to win again, however we got to do it. So if BYU is going to win this game, where will the success come from? Coach Grimes tells us it starts up front. For us to do what we'd like to do on offense, it starts with the offensive line. Obviously, it's not just them to have a successful run play. The tight end's got to block. The receiver's got to block or, or run the ball, whatever it is that he might be doing. It's, it's a collective effort, but it starts with the guys with their hand down closest to the ball. And finally, Coach Aaron Roderick adds that BYU's seen success this season doing one simple thing, and that's the key to today's game. For us, uh, in these early games, you know, our best way to win has been be smart with the football, don't take unnecessary risks, and, and uh, keep ourselves in good field position, give our defense a chance to defend. And um, but so far it's worked for the most part. You know, the one game that we didn't take good care of the ball, we lost. And so as long as we keep taking good care of the football, I think – you'll see progress in terms of some of the things that fans want to see. But right now I'm just concerned about finding a way to win by one more point than the other team. And that's the goal. Get that W no matter how you get it. When we come back, we'll get that. We'll look at some other action in college football. Also, your keys to the game. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, your host, as we get you ready for BYU at 11th-ranked Washington, what's going to be a spectacular game of top 20 teams matching up in the Northwest. Greg Rebell, Mark Lyons, and Mitch Jurgens will have the call. We'll send you up to Washington in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at the scoreboard. First, in volleyball, top-ranked and undefeated BYU women's volleyball keeps their record unblemished with a three-set sweep of Portland earlier today at the Smithfield House. The Cougars have yet to drop a set in conference play this year. In soccer, the BYU women will host Portland tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern at Southfield. We'll update you on that match at half of our game. Now on to college football top 25 scoreboard. Checking in. First, Syracuse came close but didn't quite get it done against number three Clemson. Clemson wins that game 27-23. West Virginia, 12th ranked in the country, they got it done against 25th-ranked Texas Tech, 35-27. to Alabama got things done against Louisiana, 56-14. to 
Number 21 ranked Michigan State was 31-20 winners over Central Michigan. <coughs> Other games underway and a close close one watching out right now that we're watching is 14th ranked Michigan just barely scored and took a 20 to 17 lead on Northwestern. That game's got 4 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Michigan just scored and Northwestern now has the ball. Now let's now let's take a look at some of the keys to the game on BYU's to-do list. The first thing to do on the to-do list is to establish dominance in the at the line of scrimmage. The offensive line needs to create a push and open holes for Squally Canada and Lopini Katoa. <coughs> Excuse me. If BYU can establish that run, Tanner Mangum and the Cougar receivers will not have to test this Husky secondary, and that includes two preseason All-Americans and safety Taylor Rapp and cornerback Jordan Miller. The defensive line also needs to create push and own the line of scrimmage. Make Jake Browning uncomfortable. He's prone to errors if he's under pressure. He's had he's got five interceptions so far this season in only four games. So put the pressure on Jake Browning, close off that run game, and make Washington beat you through the air and do it under duress. The second thing on the BYU to-do list, and it sounds obvious, but it's win the turnover battle. Washington's turned the ball over six, time in, six times in four games. BYU's only turned the ball over three times this season. Has done a great job in taking care of the ball. You heard Aaron Roderick in the last segment talking about that. If you minimize, or you minimize six, these mistakes, take care of the ball, and control the ball, you're going to get the victory. That's the key to the game for BYU. They need to do it again tonight at Washington. And finally, the third key on the to-do list for BYU is win the first quarter. Washington's outscored their opponents 34-26 in the first quarter and 61-32 in the first half of games this season. This allows the Huskies to let Miles Gaskin go to work on the ground and run clock and control the game with Chris Peterson and that creative offense. BYU has only one first quarter touchdown and score period this season. They've not had great first quarters. That's got to change tonight against Washington. The only first quarter score of the season came against the other UW at Wisconsin. It was a trick play, and it gave BYU the early lead and make, made the Badgers press a little bit. The Cougars need to do the same thing tonight against the Huskies in Washington. And the Cougars, they can't, sorry guys, we've talked about the offense and the way that they've struggled a little bit. The one thing that I think the BYU coaching staff and as BYU fans you don't want to see is that's this BYU Cougar team playing from behind and trying to play catch-up against this Husky offense. And especially, we've talked about it, that Husky defense and secondaries in that pass game with four guys who will likely be playing in the NFL in the next couple of years. So there's your three keys to the game. They are establishing dominance at the line of scrimmage. Con- controlling the ball, keeping the ball, and taking care of the ball in the turnover battle. And finally, let's get an early start for the BYU Cougars. Score early and put the pressure on UW. Coming up, it's good. we'll take you to Husky Stadium with Greg Rebell, Mark Lyons, and Mitch, Mitchell Jurgens as they get you ready for kickoff about a half, a little over a half hour from now as Washington hosts the BYU Cougars. And that'll wrap things up for the Cougar pregame live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to the BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar pregame coaches show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. 
Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Husky Stadium on the campus of the University of Washington. As for the first time in 10 years, the BYU Cougars visit this scenic venue in one of the games of the day in college football. Two top 20 teams facing off for this battle in Seattle. My name is Greg Rubel. I'll have today's play-by-play call. Joined, as always, by my longtime broadcast teammate, the one-time BYU signal caller, the Arvada Flash himself, the legendary Mark Lyons. And Mark, it's clearly a tall task. Come into one of the most intimidating buildings in the game and try to knock off the 11th-ranked team in the country, featuring the most prolific quarterback-running-back combo currently in the FBS coming into this year. But it was just two weeks ago when the Cougars went into Camp Randall and staged that upset in a similar situation. So we've already seen what BYU can do. Now the question is, can the Cougs do it again? Yeah, it really is a nice combination that Washington has, and it's going to be a tough one to stop. It does remind me very much of uh, Max Hall and Harvey Unga and Austin Colley. You know, (laughs) uh, that combination, BYU was very productive on offense, and you have those kind of skills out there. Uh, Dennis Pitt throw him in there. So I do think that that's a real challenge for BYU to face these good players. Browning's got uh, everything going for him, and we know that he's probably – uh, well, he's really close to setting a record for throwing for the most yards at the University of Washington. Guess how close he is, Mark? Uh, 120. F- 51. 151. Yeah. And so uh, BYU wants to only give him 150 today. <laughs> that would be uh, good. Uh, Miles Gaskin, he's already their leading rusher. Man, alive. Uh, and he's uh, rushed for 4,414 yards. So he's extremely quick. He's really solid. He can go in between the tackles, and he's so quick to bounce it outside, uh, breaks tackles. I I just think that that combination is really good. It it is so similar to uh, what Max Hall and Harvey Younger was able to do. Now, the thing that I found interesting, Greg, is I walked out on the streets yesterday, and there were a lot of Washington fans out there wearing their gear, and I'd talk to them. You talk to people when you're on the street. I do talk to them, yeah. (laughs) One thing I've learned about you over the years is you will engage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do. And so uh, uh, the thing I asked about is uh, how's Washington? They love them. And how's Jake Browning? And they all pause. Sad trombone. And they go with, (laughs) well, it's kind of a love-hate thing with uh, Jake Browning. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, we're really glad that he's good and he's here, but we're also saying, well, it's too bad he's still here. (laughs) Career career passing touchdown leader, career pass efficiency leader, maybe today the career passing yardage leader. What more do you want the guy to do? Well, they want him to beat Auburn. You know, they were all saying he can't win the big one, you know, and he wasn't terrible against Auburn. Man, he, uh, the Fuller had seven receptions for 135 yards, so uh, he had a receiver that he could work with. Uh, I just uh, find it interesting that, uh, man, uh, he's really a solid football player. Uh, Utah did everything they could to throw him off balance, and they still were good enough to beat Utah. Uh, I think it's a challenge today for BYU to get some pressure on him because he will do this. When you pressure him, he'll throw a bad ball and give you a chance for an interception. But, Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you what, Greg. Holy cow, look at this place. (laughs) You know, I look out there at that Lake Washington, and there's boats out there just cruising in, taking their time, going to come in and tailgate. You got uh, just a gorgeous view of the surroundings. It is a beautiful setting. And uh, I think that teams that come in here probably get a little excited about playing in this spot. And it is. It is this, Greg. Greg, my boy. What a great day for a football game.
Coming up next, we get head coach Kalani Sitake's pregame thoughts as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Husky Stadium in Seattle on the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. For the 10th time all-time, it's BYU and Washington. The Huskies lead the series 5-4. Here at Husky Stadium, UW has a 3-1 edge. The one BYU win came 10 years ago when a last-second Jan Jorgensen blocked kick sealed the deal in a 28-27 Cougar victory. Lots has changed in these parts since that game. This incredible stadium has been refurbished, and the Huskies are on their fourth head coach since 2008. Uh, The new guy, Chris Peterson, has Washington rolling and expected to contend for the Pac-12 championship, if not the college football playoff. Both Washington and BYU 3-1 through four games. BYU has reappeared and moved up in the top 25 since winning at Wisconsin two weeks ago and then McNeese State at home, much as they were in Madison Cougars today. Heavy underdogs, but it was a confident and loose BYU team that beat the Badgers and in our pregame conversation now brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake says that uh, that particular frame of mind may help his team as much as any tactical plans the Cougars plan to execute here today. Well, I think it's just the guys being able to you know just uh, ride it together and it's um, they're on the road so it's not a lot of distractions you know so I'm not saying that there's distractions at home but I think it's just um, you're, you're up and you're gone. You're in a hotel room, so you really only have each other to hang out with. And, um, you know, I've been pleased with how we won on one on the road because we're undefeated so far. So hopefully this will be a good good uh, week for us again. And feel really good about the guys and the preparation this whole week. I, I'm really excited about the, about the game tonight. You take, you take your last two road games last year and throw them on top of this year, and you've won four straight games away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and that's the mark of uh, a, great, a good football team is the ability to go away from home and, and get results. Yeah, and it just it shows a lot about our leadership and the guys that are um, you know, f- following and buying in, and, and everyone's in right now. We have even young guys that are playing on the team that, that are, um, are all bought into, so it's, 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 a, it's a good thing, and I think uh, our, our leaders are leading the way, and I'm really proud of what they're doing right now. You've had to overcome a few health hurdles as well. Guys have stepped up and, and, and played good roles for you. We, we kind of knew that going into the season because that, that happened affected us so much last year. But um, I, I think for us, being able to get the young guys a lot of reps and playing a lot of football in, in spring and also in fall camp allowed those guys to really start to blossom a lot earlier than they would. And so, um, you know, we're testing our depth a little bit, but um, I, I think our guys are ready for the, for, for the field. They had a great week of practice, and... Some young guys are going to get the chance, and so hopefully they rise to the occasion, which I have a lot of confidence they will. Do you hope to have a couple of your injured starters back this week? Yeah, we do. We hope to get a couple of them, and, and um, we'll see how uh, a few of them play, how they how they go adjust to, throughout the game. But um, they practice well this week, and so um, there's also a couple that aren't going to make, aren't going to play tonight. But um, that's part of the game. We just young guys got to show up, and, and uh, we have a lot of confidence that they'll make plays tonight. How does Washington compare to the last road team you beat at, at Madison in Wisconsin? Oh, very similar. Really talented team. Um, a little bit different beast by the way they spread the ball out and then what they do on offense. But defensively, they're pretty solid, just like what we saw from Wisconsin. So uh, very, sim- very similar, but different in a lot of, different, a lot of ways on how they attack. So uh, we feel good about our game plan. We feel good about our scheme. But more than anything, I feel, just feel good about our confidence and and uh, the, the way our guys, uh, they seem really loose right now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I think this is exactly what we wanted. We, we talked about playing um, four solid quarters. We haven't done that yet this year. And yet you look at all the positives, you know, that, that are coming from it. So I think this is a perfect remedy for what we need mm-hmm. right now. And then a great time to why not 
on your fifth game play all four quarters as best as you can because we haven't seen it yet. And so hopefully we can get that done and, and to build on that. Wisconsin had won a lot of non-consecutive games at home consecutively, uh, non-conference home games at home consecutively, and Washington's in a similar situation. They haven't lost here to a non-conference team in a long time, but you've already set the bar for what you can do. You've already been into a tough place and won a game. Yeah, and, and we're just looking at an opportunity for us to play and have fun again. You know, um, Regardless of what the scoreboard says, we're going to play hard, and we're going to believe in, in our abilities and believe in each other, and then uh, We'll have fun and see what happens at the end. Uh, that's that's been a, a good um, system for us so far, and uh, I I, can, I feel like we should keep continue building on it. What's the one thing there, or a couple of things you'd, where you you want to sharpen up so that you do end up playing that four quarter game you're talking about? Well, just being consistent as a team. I, I think we've had times where the offense will shine and the defense will be lacking, and the, now then the defense will shine and the offense will be lacking. The special teams has been solid for most of the part, but I'd like to see where everything's clicking. You know, I, I think that's. Um, you're asking for perfect games, but really, I just I just want to see us play well for an extended period of time, and and um, to put together some really good quarters and play a full 60 minutes, like Lavelle used to say, and and I think if we do that, we have a really good chance. I mean, we haven't done it yet, so what a great time to do it now. A couple of quick hitters, uh, Browning and Gaskin are as good an offensive combo as you're going to see in a backfield in college football right now. Oh yeah, amazing, and and um, very. Uh, well, very experienced as a group, too. So they, there's not a lot of things that they haven't seen. So it'll be difficult, but um, I, I feel confident in our guys. I think we have to um, be able to slow them down a little bit or, or disrupt some of their timing and, and try to get an opportunity to, for them to make mistakes. I think the, uh, we, we've, we've been able to capitalize on those many times, and, and I think uh, they'll take some chances, and we have to make them pay when they do. How important is Lopini Katoa to the development of our, uh, of your team right now and, and really having a nice productive one-two punch with Squally? He's doing great because that's kind of what our freshmen are doing and mostly what our younger guys that haven't seen the field that a lot of fans don't know about. They're, they're waiting for their opportunity. So uh, there's, there'll be some that will have their chance, uh, just like Tanner Jacobson and others did last week. You know, um, Some will have their chance, and, and uh, I just ask our guys when, when the moment comes to just grasp it and take it. And so... Uh, our guys are ready for the moment, and we're not going to wait for someone else to make the play. We'll make it ourselves, and we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm really excited mm-hmm. to see our guys play, and we're excited to see our fans out here in the Pacific Northwest. And the last thing, physically, do you feel like you're you're to where you want to be matching up with these P5s you play in week in, week out here in September? Yeah, that's yeah. what we want. I mean, the great memories, and really, more than anything, we're learning lessons every week. We're learning more about ourselves as a team and as a program. We learned a lot in the last two weeks. We we're going to continue to learn, and this is another opportunity for us to learn about where we stand and, and how we can be better and how we can be more efficient as a team, and I'm really excited for it. So another learning opportunity, and it's just a lot more fun when you learn with a win. Let's have a good night here at Husky Stadium. We'll talk to you after the game. Yeah, let's have some fun. Thanks. All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our look ahead to BYU and Washington continues right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house. Same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good evening once again from Husky Stadium in Seattle on a spectacular Saturday here in the Great Northwest for the renewal of this Western rivalry that is today being contested for a tenth time. It's number 20 BYU visiting number 11 Washington. The Huskies playing their non-conference finale. BYU wrapping up a challenging September with a third P5 road game. The Cougars already assured of going into October with a winning record and already halfway to postseason eligibility, but BYU's after more, and a 4-1 September would be sensational. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons with you here in our broadcast booth, suspended over the turf. Well, it used to be. We're more like backed against the wall now, but it's, a, it's, a, it's well away from the turf and far above it here at Husky Stadium. It's a little different with the uh, refurbishments here, but it's a great venue. Our stats man is Ralph Sokolowski, our on-site engineer, Barry Squires. Our spotter today is Jake Murphy. Our pregame halftime and postgame host is Ben Bagley sitting in for Jason Shepard tonight down on the field. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The rest of our broadcast team consisting of BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson. Our broadcast interns today are Brigham Harris here in Seattle and back at BYU radio in Provo, Sterling Richards and Lindsey Peterson. You are listening to us live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Heard coast-to-coast on BYU Radio Sirius XM 143 and in northern Utah on 89.1 FM HD2. We are also heard on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM and on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. You can stream us globally online at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio and on the BYU Radio and the BYU Cougars apps. And today's entire broadcast can also be heard as posted on demand on our play-by-play archives at byuradio.org and on the BYU Football Podcast. So many ways to tune in. We hope you're able to find us and enjoy this evening's broadcast, whether live or later on. Well, Mark, you hear it all the time in sports, and it goes like this. If someone told you before the season that your team would fill in the blank (laughs) through X number of games, would you have taken it? And we can run that scenario with BYU through four games and after today five, right? And, Mark, if someone had said before the season that BYU would end September with a winning record, would you have taken it? Probably, yeah. You know, you'd prefer 4-1 and one to 3-2. and two. Yeah. You'd love to be 5-0. and oh, But either way, when you, when you won only four games all of last season, picking up three or four in the first month of, of September is a pretty solid rebound. Yeah, I agree, Greg. I, I think BYU is ahead so far in this season. But it's so easy to get greedy and want more, you know. Uh, you know, one scoop of ice cream and a cone might have been enough. But if they're giving you a two-for-one, oh, yeah, I'm doing that, you know. And so uh, I think that's the same kind of thing that uh, you want more. Many fans rationalize. If you can beat a sixth-ranked Wisconsin, you can beat an 11th-ranked Washington. So we could tell early in this uh, fall season that BYU is going to be better this year. We've seen a lot of improvement in a lot of different areas. But the September schedule is tough, man. It's that's a lot of tough teams to play. Four and one would be great, and that possibility exists tonight. That's what's kind of exciting. They have that opportunity tonight. Three and t- three and two teams, you know, BYU has faced would they'd be ahead of the schedule. I think uh, way ahead of what most people expected. I think, Greg, that the coaches and players have been very productive in changing the culture of this team from last year to this. And they plan to compete in every game. And uh, tonight they get that chance to play a good squad. Well, even as a BYU mark has impressed observers and uh, reappeared now in the AP Top 25, there's a steady refrain from Kalani and the other coaches, and that is, and you heard it again here tonight, 
the Cougars still have so much room for improvement and so much yet to clean up, and most of it on offense, where BYU's been okay but not explosive. Their scoring and total offensive numbers are lagging, but, Mark, while the offensive numbers maybe themselves are not overwhelming, they are efficient. BYU's vastly improved in ball security and in finishing red zone chances with touchdowns, two areas in which BYU really struggled last year. There's a lot to be said for just uh, taking care of the ball and then punching it in when you get a chance to do it. You know, that is the difference between McNeese State and California, those two games. Uh, Against McNeese State, they got opportunities. They scored touchdowns. Against Cal, they had opportunities. Boy, they got nothing out of them, and that was the difference in the the wins and losses. So the natural attention really helps to make BYU noticed and respected. You know, I think this helps in so many ways. Uh, It helps you when you have recruits that are seeing the interest and the notoriety that BYU is beating good teams. It builds confidence in the BYU team, of course. Uh, I think that the reports about uh, this team, there's two national-ranked teams coming up this weekend in this game, and uh, it really does make a difference for BYU to have a chance to be on a national stage and have that opportunity to go out and show what they, show what they can do. So uh, I just think that... Uh, They're not there where they want to be offensively yet, but it's going to be there before long. It's coming around. That is the hope. More of the Cougar kickoff show is coming up after the break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Husky Stadium in Seattle on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back inside Husky Stadium here in Seattle, Washington. Today it's 3-1 BYU visiting 3-1 Washington. The Huskies have won three in a row since dropping their season opener to Auburn in Atlanta. UW sporting the prolific backfield tandem of Jake Browning and Miles Gaskin. The Huskies' career passing and rushing touchdown leaders. Before the last break, uh, I noted that uh, there's a hope that BYU's offense will in time produce more yardage and points, but at the same time, Uh, The Cougar defense and special teams are doing work right now. The pass defense in particular, notably better than last season. The kicking, return, and coverage units have been excellent, Mark. This may not be the the aerial assault BYU team of days gone by, but I'm in favor of whatever it takes to to get a W. And so far this season, the winning formula has featured takeaways on defense and special teams plays. Well, last week's game is a prime example of that, I think, Greg. Uh, Uh, In the first quarter, McNeese State drives it to the three-yard line where the defense holds and forces that 20-yard field goal. That was the three points that uh, McNeese got in the football game. And so I thought that was a great defensive stand and uh, really helped set the tone for the rest of the night. The defense then, uh, the BYU blocked and returned a field goal by McNeese, and they returned it to their McNeese 44-yard line. That then led to a short field and the Katoa touchdown. The defense earns a turnover with Tanner Jacobson's interception, creates the short field. Talon Shumway with a seven-yard TD reception. The special teams, Michael Sheldon gets a nice punt return, setting it up on the McNeese 35, leads to another short field, another Katoa touchdown. So defense forces a fumble at the McNeese 25-yard line, and uh, by uh, Sawyer Powell makes that recovery, and it leads to a special team score of a 30-yard field goal. What was a close score starting that second quarter, special teams and the defensive turnovers and the turnaround, and then BYU scoring in those short fields and in their zone, blue zone, that really turned that. Well, the game was over at the end of the half. 
That's how it all came together, though. All three uh, areas of the team functioning well and working as one. Time for a break, and as we do so, we'll have you be the judge. Brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. The punter receives the deep snap and gets ready to kick. But sensing pressure, he whiffs on the kick, and the ball falls, <laughs> Swing to, and the, miss? The ball falls to the ground. A defender then shoves the punter to the ground. Is this roughing the kicker? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Husky Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Husky Stadium in Seattle for BYU and Washington. First up, the answer in today's NCAA football rules question in You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And here is today's football rules scenario. The punter receives the long snap and gets ready to kick, but sensing pressure, it's a swing and a miss. He whiffs on the kick, and the ball falls to the ground. A defender then shoves the punter to the ground. Is this roughing the kicker? And the ruling is no foul by the defender because, and this is right out of the rule book, there is no kicker until the ball is kicked. <laughs> See, that's an existential question, isn't it? He was a catcher. Are you a kicker? You're not a kicker unless you haven't ki- unless you kicked it. Yeah, he and he didn't kick it. He missed it. He was a mister. So he was a mister. <laughs> so if he missed the kick, you're not a kicker. So we can we can we can do whatever we want with you. Now we can't personally foul you, yeah. but we can shove you to the ground. Don't hit him in the face mask. No, you don't want to you know do that. <laughs> but, but if you if you just like block him or shove, that's all right. He's fair game. Didn't kick it. You be the judge. Presented by Legally Mine. Well, as well as uh, BYU's played in getting out to this uh, three and one start to the season, the Cougars haven't necessarily been at full strength. They lost a corner and two fullbacks to injuries before the season. They're down two big defensive tackles who haven't played this season. They've since lost their starting fullback for games, a starting safety for games, two starting linebackers for games, and we don't yet know who among that group will be able to play today. But I'll update you on that after we hear our national anthem. And now on the injury note, uh, not the sheer number of injuries BYU saw last season, but uh, not particularly healthy at some key spots either. Butch Pau is available, should be able to play some today. Uh, Diane Gumwaliku not available. Zane Anderson not available. Braden Elbakri should be available and able to go. And watch for Matt Hadley as a linebacker again. Matt has uh, been moved to running back and did run the ball some last week, but he's been practicing again with the defense. And so don't be surprised if you see Matt Hadley at his old linebacker spot with BYU a little thin on defense right now. The schedule hasn't been 
easy, Mark, and it doesn't get a terribly a lot easier. There, there, yeah. there are challenges all the way start to finish this year, but, uh, man, it's tough to miss top-notch guys, isn't it? I, I agree, Greg, that uh, you, you're a starter for a reason. You're the best player at that position, and it'll be interesting to see who does get back today, but no matter what, an injury just isn't getting well enough to play again. As everyone's been playing in games because you were out, they have improvement, and, again, there's no better way to improve than get game day experience. When you play in a football game, you learn, man, I got to get faster. I got to be more physical. Uh, I've got to read quicker. All of those things happen at such a rate that you have to recognize, I've got to get better. So when you do get that chance to get in there, it's the best teacher for a player and the quickest on how they learn how to play the football game. So when some players miss a game, they fall behind. Other guys that are playing for them are getting better. You fall behind. And so both the substitute and the guy that's injured are both going to be better for it when they all get well. Kalani has said you have to earn your position back after you're injured. So you don't automatically get to step back into the lineup. You still have to beat out that guy that was uh, playing for you. And once you're 100%, you got two guys that can play. So it gives you depth. So I think that's... Uh, the good thing for BYU is the players that are stepping in and playing for those guys have performed quite well. Coming up, we'll hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our pregame coverage of BYU and Washington continues live from Husky Stadium in Seattle on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Washington coming up. The Huskies featuring two players who before the season represented the most prolific active quarterback running back duo in the FBS. Senior signal caller Jake Browning. Senior back Miles Gaskin. Browning needs 151 passing yards to become the Huskies' all-time career passing yardage leader. Gaskin already owns every major Washington rushing record. BYU's already faced Heisman candidate in Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, but Gaskin's different. Smaller, shifty, arguably more explosive. He's a handful, and his backup, Savon Ahmed, is not bad either. Uh, the wideouts are speedy. It's big play offense. Let's bring in Mitchell Jurgens now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And Mitch, uh, this stadium's always been special, but uh, when they redid this venue five years ago, they took out the track that kept the fans back. They got the stands closer, so from a player perspective, it got even louder. Now, we're certainly proud of Lavelle Edwards Stadium and, and the game day environment in Provo, but you're seeing it for the first time here. What they've got here is pretty cool. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is impressive. Um, I mean, this is what you dream of for college football. Uh, I, I honestly can't imagine how loud it's going to get on third downs. I mean, the way that this, this stadium is built, it's, it's going to be impressive. Uh, but one of, the, one of the coolest things I've seen so far is there's quite a bit of blue in the stands. And uh, I'm just excited to see uh, the BYU representation and uh, how this game's going to play out. Thank you, Mitchell. Time now. Well, let's get to We'll take a break. We'll come back with our coin toss and opening kickoff plus Ken Garf keys to the game. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.